Now for the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club with Bill and Jenny Sparks, Dave and Chris Reekard, Tim Oni, and the crew. Bill will be taking your phone calls and you will hear lots of conversation. We will have cooking tips demonstrations of products, and much, much more. And you may reach us by calling 1-646-558-8656. You will need the meeting ID 848-725-450. And when you're asked for a user ID, just press pound. You may download Zoom from the Play Store or the App Store. Good Wednesday morning to you. It's time once again for the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. And we're here again today on this September 11th. Well, that brings back a lot of memories, and that's a story for another time. But um, anybody of our age remembers September 11th. I've got a, we got a busy show today. And uh, we just as well get started, get the panel started. We have a, a very, very special guest the first hour, one Shelly Miller, and we'll be talking to her in just a moment. You're going to find her journey and story very, very fascinating. And second hour, we may have time to, um, after our little Apple review, to demo the new talking radio. So we're really going to be busy today. Uh, we might as well start the closest, right downstairs. Jenny, how are you this morning? I'm good. So far, so good. It's going to be summer still here. Yay. I'm not ready for winter yet. Um, yeah, that's true. I think this will probably be our last big blast of heat. So everything else going okay for you? So far, so good. Good, good, good. 
All right, let's switch over to Altoona, Pennsylvania. We're good. Everything's good here. I'm not quite ready for winter either. So we'll postpone it just on your account, okay? Uh, okay, that'd be great. Just postpone it for a while. I'll tell you when. Okay, you you tell me when. I'm going to try to postpone it when I go to Naples next week and see if I can postpone it for a few weeks, too. So let's see. Let's go to the state of New York and Albany, to be more precise. Jeff Bennett. 86 degrees today. Chris, I don't know if you guys are going to get that hot weather We're in Altoona, but we're definitely getting 86-degree weather. Oh, that's what they said. Yes. I don't, I don't mind. I'll take that anytime. I'd rather, I don't like winter either. I'm, I'm kind of like you, Chris. Uh, but it's a fact of life, and we have to deal with it whether we like it or not. But I'm right. doing good. We kind of do. How about switching up to Minneapolis? Tim, how are you? Oh, pretty good. And, uh, yeah, I, I hate to bring bad news to people, but we're getting, um, well, the trees are already changing, and this is awfully early for us to have that happen in the Minneapolis area. So uh, that usually means early winter, but hopefully maybe the trees are wrong. <laughs> anyway, and, uh, just a... A quick note, I will not be on today, but Pam Francis is filling in for me. Well, very, so. very good. Very, very, very good. If I missed anybody, Jeff, on the panel, 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 is anybody... No, you've got everyone on the panel. Okay, everybody on the panel. You know, uh, does anybody else want to say anything, do an alt-Y and raise your hand before we get started with our guest? Now, why am I surprised? Bill in Chicago. <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. I mean, Bill. Sorry. Oh, how'd you guess it was me, Bill? My name show up or something? <laughs> we don't remember after all these. Okay. Anyways, uh, we're supposed to get uh, 90 degrees today with a heat index of 100. Possible thunderstorms this afternoon. We're supposed to be the same way tomorrow. And everything's going okay. I went to the doctor yesterday and got a clean bill of health again. Well, that's good. No, so you can everything's harass doing us. Okay. You can harass us week after week, right? Pardon? I said you can harass us week after week. Now that your health is good. <laughs> oh, you mean I'll be around for a while, you know? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, all righty. All right. We'll get back to you. Thank you, Bill. Okay. We all do right. have uh, Jerry who raised his hand. Go ahead, Jerry. Good morning, everybody, from the Christmas tree capital of the world, Indiana, Pennsylvania. We're going to have the same kind of weather everybody else is having, upper 80s, high humidity. Might cool down a little over the weekend, but get more humid as the next week starts. Very, ah, very good. good. Jerry, i got to tell you, there was a story in the news that about the Melrose Diner and Bakery, which burned that, which had a fire, but they're back open. It wasn't too serious, so that's something I know you'll remember. We can talk about that later on. Julie? Yeah. Julie, you had your hand up, so we, uh, we're we going to get to you, Julie. Go ahead, Julie. Is Julie unmuted? I don't know. Are you being, right, there you go, Julie. It, 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 there's a little bit of a delay sometimes. Go ahead. All right. Can you hear me all right? Oh, yes, we can. All right. Good morning. And, you know, it might be my imagination, but I thought the coffee pot this morning sounded like it was a little, getting a little empty. 
usually it sounds like it's nice and full and there's plenty for everyone. That's because I've been drinking all your coffee, Julie. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I just wondered because I thought, you know, it sounded just a little like it was getting a little empty. And we might have more people. You didn't mind me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take your coffee from you, Julie. So. That's okay. Thank you. But I'm sure she and can restock. She can restock. And we have, uh, was it Joe and Ellen? One of Yeah, yeah hi. Joe. This is Go. Joe here. This is Joe here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Anyway, 60 degrees and cloudy, gradually getting cooler. We were 90 above 90, 90 and above for a long time. Now we're getting below 90, up to a whopping 86. And please postpone winter also on my account also. That would be great and appreciated, and you can charge it to my ticket later. You're very good, Joe. But you don't get the weather we get in New York State, so it's not as bad in Albuquerque. I've been there. I've been to Albuquerque many times, a few times. Well, there we go. Um, I, I think we're, we're, we're all taken care of. Ready to get started. We'll get to some Apple news just a little bit later. But we have the honor of having a guest today, and we want to make sure she's unmuted and all that good stuff. Shelley Miller. Good morning, Shelley. Good morning, everybody. Shelly, it's an honor to have you on here. I knew the first time I talked to you, this girl had something on the ball. Shelly, tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe a little background, kind of like you did me when you wrote me. Where are you from? Sure. Uh, I was born and raised outside of Buffalo in a city called Tonawanda of about 19,000 people. And um, I was mainstreamed my entire life. I... Um, kindergarten through when I graduated. Actually, I graduated early. I had enough credits. So I graduated from high school early. And then I went to the University of Buffalo, where I majored in psychology. That wasn't what I wanted to major in, but they said, no, we don't need any more musicians. So they kind of told you back then with the New York State Commission for the Blind, if they're going to assist you with anything, no, no, you're not going to do that. So majored in psychology, and I minored in music therapy. And I've had many different jobs. I've done music therapy jobs. I've done a great deal of in the customer service arena with regards to um, working for many independent living centers. And I did independent living skills training with folks with all types of varying disabilities. Uh, I worked for three different centers in New York State. And uh, then I re- uh, actually took some time off of work to uh, raise my son. He's now 13, so he doesn't need me as much anymore. And I'm back in the job hunting market. However, this time I decided not to go back into counseling because I also did a great deal of counseling Um through Medicaid programs in the Independent Living Center. And it was family therapy, and sometimes it was couples counseling. And sometimes it was very difficult because some of it was sexual abuse counseling. And I just decided when I came back to work, I don't want to have a caseload anymore. I want to do a job where I can provide good customer service, still be a productive citizen, but not have a 40 to 50, you know, person caseload. I was not interested in doing that again. You get burnt out when you've been doing that kind of thing for 20 years, even with a hiatus. 
Oh, yeah. So um, I've been looking for employment in customer service. And in the hospitality field, I did go back to the Statler Center to get some brush up after not being in the work world for 12 years. And they did, you know, business um, conflict resolution classes. Uh, Obviously, the review of writing the resume, which was quite easy for me to kind of sail through. But the Microsoft environment has changed a lot, though. We did classes in Microsoft. Um, The Office, the Outlook, the, um, the database. You know, Excel, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we did all that kind of stuff. And um, I felt pretty, you know, ready to go back into it. But it's been almost a year, and I'm still looking for employment. And I'm in a difficult situation because a lot of the state funds, they go to youth, which I have no argument with, and they also go to elderly blind. Again, I have no argument with it. But when you're somewhere in the middle, like I am, there's not as much funding. You have to justify anything you need or require to do essential functions of a job. And because you have to do, you know, a good amount of that job yourself, obviously. You can, I think you can tout job sharing as much as possible, as much as you can do it. But really, if you can't do that job on your own, um, it's going to be difficult to, to get the hire. What about music? Have you thought about going into back into the area of music therapy? And maybe you could tell us a little about your music background. Well, music therapy, I've, I've played five different musical instruments. And music therapy is tough, actually, Jeff, because it can be a very happy thing. But... Um, and it can be very helpful for those that are on the autism spectrum or those who have difficulties communicating. Music therapy can be wonderful. On the other end of the spectrum, it can be horrible. You might have to um, watch a child die. You might have to see a child with uh, 70% burns of their body. So, it, it, But music therapy is not enough people are still kind of questioning whether or not it's a science or not and i will tell you i totally believe that music changes people's environment it can bring them back to present many times with alzheimer's and onset dementia music is used to to kind of bring that person back to a better time in their life and brings them to some um in most cases some lucid lucidity for a while so, now that you've been in the work world and you're getting back into the work world, I come to you, I just got out of college, I'm totally blind. What advice do you give people who say to you, how do I get a job? What, what kind of advice do you give for the people who are asking these kind of questions? That's a great question, Jeff. And I say that looking for a job is a job. If you take it seriously, that looking for a job is a job in and of itself. <clears throat> I think it makes it more difficult now, even though there are more jobs present and you can find them. You can use Indeed. You can use Monster.com. However, I think that it's it's so antiseptic now because you can just apply online. You can receive something that said, thank you, we've received your application. There's no humanity to it. And it makes it tough. 
even when you try to put some humanity into it. But a lot of times, bots are just looking at the resumes. Not even real people are looking. They're looking for keywords on your resume. If they don't see those keywords, you're in the drop dead pile already. No one wants you. The rejection pile. And it's just really important to, to realize that stuff as you're going for a job. So I would tell that just out of college person, you know what? Um, it's going to be twice as twice as frustrating for you as it is for someone else. But um, you're not the only person in this boat. It's a big boat. And it's also a boat where sighted people are, too. People think it's real easy now. I think it's sighted people can be more selective, obviously. You can go to Dunkin' Donuts and get a job until something pops, you know, in your field. And you can, you can drive for Uber, you can drive Uber or Lyft. You can drive well. Uber or Lyft, yes. Dude. I mean, there's a lot more opportunities for folks that are sighted. But I will also say to you, those people have to feed families, too. They want the same things that we do. So I think sometimes we we cheat them and we cheat ourselves because, yes, our unemployment statistics are much higher. But let's remember, too, people say, oh, it's 70 to 80 percent, you know. Of, of underemployment and unemployment. Well, are we looking at that 70 to 80%? Are we looking at the actual of age people, you know, 16 to 64? That's traditional. Those but there's, traditional. Another problem. there's another problem with that statistic, Shelley, and that is we only know how many blind people are unemployed from the, those who have, who have had jobs and get unemployment. That doesn't really tell the whole story about blind people who never got into the workforce. Well, I think it actually does tell a story, Jeff, because if you think about it, those people have been, we don't know every situation, but I would very much venture to say that it's a catch-22. If nobody employs me, I can't get experience. If I can't find a job, I can't break into a field. If nobody gives me a chance, well, that's for anybody. But I think that's speaking to it because we're not getting those chances. So Let it me, kind of answers the question itself. And we have two people with raised hands, but I want to ask you one quick question. And there's always debate among the blind community about this one. You're applying for a job. Is it a bad thing or a good thing to let them know that you can't see in advance, knowing that if you were to go to the interview, they're going to find out anyway? What is your How opinion on that? How about if we take these questions first and that, because that's a longer, okay. that's a longer rope I think we could talk uh, about. Okay, we can certainly do that. Hold on a second here. Gary, go ahead. Gary, I mean, Sean, Sean, go ahead. I'm sorry, Sean. I keep, I keep confusing your phone number with, with Gary's. Go ahead, Sean. Well, no, first of all, I was, well, was going to say, uh, you know, and basically can, what Shelley says is true. I actually raised my hand before the panel, but, you know, but I was going to say, you know, I got to confirm Shelley is a go-getter and knows that maybe say, okay, wait, she's someone, she's unemployed, why are you having her? She is the type of person that's her. She's also one of our sports on staff. But, you know, like I said, one thing you were talking about, the 70 to 80%, I will say it does count the people that are unemployed, but that does, but, you know, it counts all the people who've never tried. So it, it does count people who, who have never even tried to get a job, but like I think she was, she was announcing about the whole 
info doesn't count the ones that actually are. But And what one thing they do, they stuff a lot of blind people. They just say, oh, go to the lighthouse, and they get credit for getting you a job. They just stuff you in oh, there. Oh, the, oh, the other thing away. is they want every blind person to go into the vending program, which is... Which right, is, everybody which, wants BEP, yeah. but not everybody's Vending program or the lighthouse, so that, That's the other thing. Uh, we, uh, thanks, Sean. Um, we got... Um, I don't want to. I don't want to get mad at me. Pamela Francis, go ahead. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to make a comment. As one who has been in the workforce, um, I can tell you firsthand: without decent networking <laughs> skills, you're not going to get anywhere. Can you That's elaborate on that? Absolutely true. Can you elaborate on that? On that from your point of view, Pam? Yeah, um, having to compete with other sighted people for the same job is is hard enough on its own you have to be able to prove to that employer that you can do what what you say you can do and and you have to be willing to go into that job on a trial run at times also comma also you, you've got to it, it helps if someone within your circle has recommended you that's what i mean by networking you, if you're not a networker, you're, a, you're SOL in this day and age. Pam, I, I hear you, and, and and I'm not trying to get into your personal life, but I, I I hear in your voice a lot of pain over this. Can you? Am, am, I, am no, I? No, there's no pain. Uh-uh. No, there's okay. no, there's no pain. I'm just saying that. That without decent networking skills, I would not have had the experiences I've got, and I'm grateful for them. I agree with the networking skills, but I also agree that part of getting a job is being at the right place at the right time and knowing the right person. Shelly, why don't we get back to that whole thing about being sighted or blind and whether you should... So about disclosure, yes. Um, well, I think, for, I, first of all, I think it, it depends. It's a very individualized basis because I'm very comfortable with the fact that I'm blind. I do it well. I've been doing it since I was born. So I don't have a problem. I don't initially do it. I wait to kind of see if, definitely by the second interview, I tell. If my jobs have, or if the uh, first interviews result, second interviews, I feel like this is going somewhere. And I don't feel it's fair, um, especially if they're phone interviews. They haven't seen you yet. And sometimes you'll get one or two, especially in customer service. You'll get a couple of phone interviews first. Well, if they want to see an on-site interview, I think it's only fair to tell them. If they have a bias, I, didn't, I wasn't going to get the job anyway, you know, once I tell them. But if that really biases them, after I've demonstrated the skills that I have over, the, you know, and answered their questions in a professional manner, if that's really going to be the linchpin that's going to change it, I don't know if I want to work for them anyway. Can you talk about your customer service experience and what kind of jobs you did on customer service? Because a lot of people who are visually impaired tend to get into, into that kind of work. And I'm just curious to know what you did customer service-wise. Well, first of all, I think customer service and hospitality, they overlap. And I think a lot of people forget that. But my customer service was actually face-to-face -face and over-the-phone customer service because when you're working with people through independent living and you you know they're on your case they're on your caseload you are visiting them in their homes you're visiting them in the office they're coming face to face so you're doing a lot of customer service experience that way through the actual face to face contact 
But over the phone, and I always think this is so important because customer service, you aren't getting a, a second chance to make a first impression. And if you are a customer service for that company and you are picking up the phone, you are that first impression. And it's so important to put your best foot forward for the company and to to come to work on time and professionally written. And, you know, most of the people that are of this listening audience, you've already worked. A lot of you already know that. But there may be people who haven't worked. And they're outside the realm right now. Or they're in a boat like I am. Kind of in the middle. They've worked before, but they have some working years before they uh, feel like being retired. I'm much too young to be retired. So... Sure. But I just want, I understand that a lot of people that that are of this listening audience have already worked. We've got some really cool people here that work with uh, Golden Triangle Council of the Blind. Um, DJ Doug and his wife, Chris. Of course, Chris is the president. And they do wonderful work here. And that's another reason I want to go back to work and be able to contribute. You know, I feel like when you're in a consumer organization, you really need to have some, well, Sometimes the cash to to make that commitment. Sometimes there's restaurant meetings. Sometimes there's something that the group is doing that you need to maybe put in for, you know, um, as far as whether it's fundraising or anything like that. And you need to put in for those who can't, I feel. And I one of the things I want to do is I joined last year and they were very helpful in getting some services for me, um, a couple of those members. But it's very important for me, once I get a job, to get in there and give back and say, hey, thank you. I remember what you did for me. I remember that you went to bat for me. Plus one, three. I, I, I understand seven, that. What three, about, what about uh, did you ever work in a, four, um, as customer four, service four, in a call four, center like some blind people have done? I've worked in call centers, yes. Um, um, and it's, you know, it's you get your share, different share of people. Um and when it's outbound customer service, it's a lot different than inbound because they're calling you and they want to call you. If you have to do any outbound calling, chances are they have not solicited your business. <clears throat> Some places do have leads, but they usually have not solicited your business or your phone call. They don't want to speak to you. Sometimes that can be met with they're interested in what you have to say. And sometimes that's met with just all-out rage because you've interrupted their dinner hour and they didn't blah, 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 call you, insert expletives. And you, you just have to have a, a thick skin and you have to be able to say to these people, look, you have a great day. You have a nice day. That You can't let it ruin your day. You have to have a pretty thick skin in order to deal with customer service of any facet. I worked on a computer help desk in New York State, and I got calls from all over the state from different state agencies. And I had to learn that the customer is always right, even if the customer isn't right. So go ahead, yeah, Bill. Exactly. I, I'm just going to ask a question, Shelley. Sure. If you've been back this time looking for a job, what technology, what has changed well except for, you know, the computers? But what are you doing differently technology-wise this time? And are you using AIDS computers, iPhones, iPhone apps, iPads. What are you using? <clears throat> yes, I actually use all types of different technology. Um, obviously, I, I use an iPhone and the Zoom app here just to uh, communicate with you guys. 
hopefully clearly and concisely here. I also um, use a combination of MVDA and JAWS. I like both programs, and they bring some. They both bring something to the table. Although, if you're going back to work or you're working, JAWS is really the most conventional. A lot of places don't like you to bring the freeware into the company for whatever their issue is. And JAWS has been the most successful with scripting, as far as uh, scripting for different uh, for different jobs. I also use a, a Braille um, Braille Sense Polaris from Hims to do some note taking and to also demonstrate when I do go to interviews um, about what that does or what, about what Braille displays and things that you know the programs that talk how that all works. So you can explain that to the employer a bit more further so that they realize, yes, this can be done. But a lot of times they don't always follow through and call to find out, well, hey, how does how does this JAWS work? Or can we get somebody in to see if it'll work? Sometimes that follow through is not there, unfortunately. I was going to ask you one quick question. And I, I know Doug is here. And, and Doug, I don't know if you have a question, but if you do, please chime in. He did. He's um, right there. I just saw him here. Let me ask you a quick question on the technology spectrum here, because when I did talks and I worked for the state of New York after working on the help desk, I got into uh, accessibility and I got into the area of quality assurance testing. And one of the things I always say is you just can't throw a screen reader in front of a blind person and say, use it. You can't throw a braille display in front of a blind person and say, you know how to use it. What what talk a little bit about about the training issues for technology online people because I think that's even more important because if you don't have the technology training you're not going to go anywhere. Well, I have to agree with you there. I think that we do this a little back um, a little backwards in that okay, well the person gets the job because um, and they find out the technology works. Well, okay, that employer wants to start you immediately. But if you have to still get the training on that job or on the technology you're going to use for that job, it's crazy because a lot of times they have their training right on site. They can do it, you know, as the person's starting the job and so forth. But that's why I tried to get a lot of my training before um, and, and utilizing JAWS and practicing JAWS. I tried to get a lot of that before I even decided to apply for jobs because of that that very thing i'm not going to go in unprepared um, I, even with a braille display you know if they get me like a focus yeah focus 40 fifth generation i'm still going to have to learn a little bit about that but uh, i might have to do it on my own time if i don't want to sacrifice getting that job i can understand doug would you like to talk because you have your hand raised go ahead doug Good morning. Um, Shelly, I'm wondering if you've uh, checked out a resource, um, usajobs.gov, for possible federal employment. Actually, that's one of the applications that's in right now, Doug. Um, I applied with, uh, the. let's just say, the Department of the Treasury. Uh-huh. And uh, they are looking for um, screeners or, and uh, people for the filing season. Yeah. So I'm in process, um, and hopefully something will pop with that. Uh, I, when I was last employed um, with Social Security, I worked in the reasonable accommodation section, and most government or a lot of government agencies are going with this model now that 
when they hire you, you get a little bit of um, screen reader training for their screen reader of choice before you start working. So I, I think that might be a, a nice way to get your foot in the door is to, to maybe try something like that. And good luck with oh, that. I hope absolutely. it works for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Doug, if I have a radio station, you can always be my radio announcer. <laughs> You're very good at that. I always kid yeah. you about that, but you are very good. Pam, you had your hand raised, so go yes. ahead, Pam. Yes, I'm I'm just curious uh, to Shelly and to anyone else who might want to answer this. Um, how much do you think is is being transferred to the online world as per customer service slash um, any kind of computer type help where people can telecommute versus having to go in to a physical location? Well, I think there's more uh, work from home opportunities. And I think we can try to avail, avail ourselves of those opportunities. However, again, we're coming back to a uh, more than common issue, which is actually scripting. And uh, having JAWS work with some of the proprietary programs, especially the health places like CVS or Aetna, that, or AAA even, that's all proprietary software. And people have difficulty um, being able to hire people that script and say, okay, we need a script for this particular piece of software. Oh, but we use this too, so we need a script for that. So sometimes they make it difficult. And see, that's the beauty about the federal government. If you're hired by Social Security Administration or Internal Revenue Service or whatever that entity is of the government, they have to provide all the reasonable accommodations. And they already know that JAWS works. And they already know that Braille displays work. So you're not having to do as much explaining I know some people would say, oh, I don't want to get one of those jobs. That's a blind people's job. That's an easy way out job. You know what? That's a secure job. And that's kept some people working for 35 and 40 years. And it's unfortunate that we have to have a dialogue about private sector people not hiring and not making these jobs more accessible. But the, the plain and simple fact is that, that it's absolutely true in the private sector, and it makes it more difficult. Jobs can be gotten, certainly. A lot of people get them. But there's something to be said for that security of knowing, hey, if uh, JAWS doesn't start working next week and you're working for the feds, they're going to find a way for it to work, or you're going to be job sharing some way. You're not just out the door. Well, I hope that I hope for your sake that you do find something. The other big thing is the discrimination factor, and I don't know that there's anything around that. I'll talk about that in a second, but I want to get to Julie McCullough, who's raised her hand. Go ahead, Julie. Yes. Um, talk about <clears throat> online applications. Um, I found one that was quite inaccessible. <laughs> um, so, okay, so online, yes, a lot of them can be inaccessible. However, um, there are a few different ways that you can get that done. Um, and I have just found out more about these. And that is, of course, you can um, call Be My Eyes, and they could assist you with the different fields. Um, or you could do it maybe through seeing AI, although it would be more complicated. But I do know that Ira 
does when it comes to employment, they offer you free assistance in that arena. So if you are having trouble, they can see your screen and you're having difficulty filling out this application, they might be able to tell you, or you unfortunately might find out that you can't do it on your own. But at least those are some ways that you can try to navigate. Okay. Thank you. I will tell you I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bill. I will tell you that Ira will do that. They will. I had them the other day, and they made photocopies for me, mailed me documents, did all types of things that I needed, and will assist you. And, you know, with the Ira five-minute free thing every every time you need to make a call or you get unlimited if you're, you know, documented and searching for a job. And you, I am, you also, if you have problems with JAWS, too. Right. If and you're having I, a problem with JAWS, that can be unlimited as well because it's screen reader assistance right. and, you know, helping you with the job. The other thing is, I have nothing against Be My Eyes. I've used them before. They're a wonderful service. But if I wanted vetted and bonded people or, you know, I'm doing sensitive things or whatever. Yeah, Iris, I would where prefer to go. To use. Absolutely. Yeah. I use Be My Eyes only, not Be My Yeah, I, I use them only for one thing, and that was to get in touch with the Microsoft accessibility thing, and they could look at my screen with my iPhone because I could not get on the computer. Um, it was locked in some sort of weird way. Go ahead. Sean has a question. I know I'm going to unmute you, Sean. Go ahead, Sean. All right, and Shelly and I have talked about this privately, but I'd like to maybe get your thoughts and the panel and people. And we talk about working at home and customer service type jobs that we could do, but sometimes. And, of course, we all know a lot of companies outsource and, you know, go to other countries. What are your thoughts and maybe some of the people's thoughts taking those jobs? I mean, yeah, okay, I know those people over in those other countries need it, but... It's very frustrating for us. You know, when you call for customer service, you don't know that I'm blind and I'm helping you with whatever technology. You know, giving maybe some sort of credit to businesses that do that and offer it to the blind and other disabled people. Well, Sean, you know that's true, that a lot of times they're taking jobs away from us. Um, But, again, I'm going to go circle around again to the scripting. If those jobs aren't scripted and we don't know, what I think is, like, VFO, or I don't know what they're even calling themselves these days. Um, But I think a company like that, that manufactures a screen reader, I think that they should nationwide keep some kind of a database that says, okay, uh, Joe's, Joe's Coffee Shack in Pittsburgh, you know, Jaws is accessible for taking orders. Or, you know, the Hilton Hotel. They OnCue is their property management software. So that OnCue is accessible to people that are blind. They don't have any way of being able to go back and say, you have to get somebody in there. You know, there's no way to go back and say, okay, we already know when we speak to these people that Hilton, Hilton software is accessible. Yeah, like a directory listing you're talking about of Yes, what, pretty much like a software. directory of exactly what is available, Yeah, um, you know, what is accessible, what works. 
because it would be a lot easier. It would save a lot of time. I've sp- I'll tell you what, CVS is a perfect example. I have filled out at least three or four different CVS applications, and I have not been called once because their software is not accessible. But I'm finding that out, not from them, not because they say, no, we've hired or we can't hire you. I don't get those kind of letters. I get it from feedback um, through dealing with our business service representative who uh, the Bureau of Blindness and Visual Services has here. Now, are you talking about CVS, the pharmacy, Shelley? I'm talking about CVS, the health, like the CVS Caremark. Or oh, okay, CVS. that's right. They're patient specialists that call you sometimes or you call them to ask questions. Oh, that's right. And they handle mail order prescriptions and things like that. I understand. That's right. Okay. Now, you know, I had, I remember working at the VA hospital, uh, and I only did it part-time. I didn't want to work full-time. I had retired from New York State. And I, I'm not very politically correct, and I know that this is not the thing to do. But this lady kept saying, you should be grateful you have this job. You blind people should be grateful. And one day I just said to her, you know, I don't need your gratitude. I am grateful that I was, that I was provided my job, but I'm not going to be grateful to you because I have the job. And I knew the minute I said that I was going to be out the door, but I really didn't care because I was only doing it part-time after I retired just to do something. But I, I have a I real just, problem with I that. I think that's really something that you have to be extremely careful about, that if somebody does find out, I don't know why they would have found out you were blind in the first place, quite honestly. Well, no, she was she was my supervisor. Oh. And, I was, and, and it was at the job. And every day she kept telling me how grateful I should be because I have this job. And I would say I am grateful for the opportunity that I was provided. But I'm not grateful to you because I have the job. And, I, and, I'm, and of course, I knew the minute I said that to her, I was going to get fired. But I really didn't care. Well, see, and I think, though, we should, so the dialogue has to go back to why did they hire this um, uninformed person to be um, in charge of all these blind people who should be grateful? Well, and then she treated all the blind people under her tutelage. I don't want, I'm not sure if I like that word, but under her supervision, like they were inferior and stupid and she was above them. And that's yeah, wrong. And that, that, is, that is so wrong on so many levels. Well, and I think, but, but see, they were given that kind of power. They were given that power to say, okay, look, at, I can, I'm in charge of all these people. And I'm in charge of all these people's fate. And we're not going to let the inmates run the asylum. You know, and, I'm going to be in charge. And it's something, you know what, that's another thing I don't necessarily love about working with other blind people. I'm not Joe Public who doesn't come in on time. Or I'm not Jane Public who doesn't go get her own lunch. I don't want to be compared, but I mean, look at all the sighted people that get compared every day. It's, it's well, bound to happen. But it's worse with the blind community. I can tell you what happened to me. It is worse. Uh, because I, mean, I work I for the. I don't know that you can stop it from happening. I work for the state of New York, and what they tried to do was put all the handicapped people in one unit. And I said, no, that's not going to happen. And I went to the affirmative action. I said, you can't do that. That's like saying that we're going to take all the black people and put them in a separate unit. You can't legally do that. And, they, and I was one that made sure that it did not happen to me. I have nothing against blind people, but I, 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 like you, I worked on a help desk, and they put someone who was blind in the, in, the, in the position with me who couldn't do the work and was not qualified, but they hired her because she was visually impaired under affirmative action, and they were, then they were afraid to fire her because they were afraid she'd sue, but she never did a stitch of work in, in, in the 30 years she worked with New York State. And that, gives, that makes it bad for all of us who are blind. It does. And the other thing that makes it bad is for people who are, I'm just going to have an honest conversation. There are some people that 
are blind, but they have other health issues, and they apply for jobs. And I think sometimes they know in their hearts they can't do those jobs, but they feel like they need to try. And you know what? I don't, I do not fault anybody for trying. It's when you take the job, though, and you don't do it or you find you can't do it that can be of detriment to us. And I think everybody should have a right to try, but not to the extent where, especially in bigger corporations, we get hired and then, oh, I can't do this job anymore. Um, while it does happen in, you know, the private sector of work and with two-sided people, it doesn't happen that often. Well, especially what happens if you're working on a job, you've been working today for 20 years, and all of a sudden they change the software, and now you can't do your job, but you're too young to retire. Let's well, say you started that at the 20, and now you're 40, and you got the same problem. We're listening to the Coffee Club, and I want to know if anyone has any questions, please raise your hand. We'd like to hear from you as long as Shelly Miller is here. She's providing some great insight, so if you guys have any questions or any comments that you'd like to give us, please raise your hands if you're on the phones. Hit, um, what is it? Uh, star 9. <laughs> star 9. <laughs> Sorry. We'll you on the phone, but... And Alt Y if you're on the computer. And if you want an email, uh, the request line or call the request line, or not the request line, feedback line, 800 693 0595, and leave a message. I'll put it on the air. So feel free to do that also. And Shelly will respond to that. And Looks like we've got some questions. We have Jerry in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Jerry. Okay. Uh, Shelly, you might get into some of us know that you had gone to Buffalo for a while. Uh, If you uh, could get into some of the things that, for those that don't know what, what they got into, with you with hospitality training, and would you recommend that facility? Oh, good question. You know what, Jerry? Thank you so much. Love the question. Um, What I learned is that you should never go to a program on site by just what they are telling you. That's what I learned. I learned a great deal of things at this program. It's the Statler Center for Careers um, in Hospitality, and it's in Buffalo. It's through the Olmstead Center or site. And it... You can go there to learn customer service or hospitality. Now, as far as the hospitality part of it, I learned a lot about the operation of hospitality and how it worked. They told me we were going to be able to work on the software. No, we couldn't. I had someone pointing and clicking next to me, folks. Now, and I'm just going to tell you, for any of you who might be young enough, they're not going to hire two people when they can hire one person. So they're not going to hire somebody to point and click for you. So I I would have loved to have known this before. They said that we work and had an externship with the software and with a hotel, and we'd be able to use it, and that was not true. However, their um, grammar and writing classes, their um, Microsoft, all with the Microsoft suite um, of those training components, those were all very good. But don't go there for hospitality. Go there for customer service if you're going to go there at all. Hospitality, you're not going to get. I I would have never left my husband. I would have never gone and left for 10 weeks of training had I known that they weren't going to show me that. I could have done the course online. 
Understood. We do have some hands raised. Uh, we have, uh, hold on. Uh, Ellen, go ahead. Hold on just a moment. Oh, Jeff. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hold on one yeah. second, Ellen. Go ahead, Bill. Helen, we've got to run a spot, okay? Okay. You got to pay so, the bills. Yeah, just a second here. And we'll get, we'll, we'll get to you, Ellen. I promise. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow, but shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Sorry about that. Pick up right where you left off. Sorry about that, Ellen, but we had to run those spots. Well, let's get to Ellen. Let me unmute her because she had the question first here. Go ahead, Ellen. Oh, hold on. And I'm trying to get this. I'm a little out of alignment here. Uh, Ellen, go ahead. Well, she's, let me see if I can help you out, Jeff. She's not going. Go ahead, Ellen. Why? It's not letting me unmute her. There we go. And I keep putting the unmute uh, button. In. Can you try unmuting her, Bill? Yeah, I'm going to. Anybody else got a questions there? What? I can't even. Oh, just a second here. There, 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 there I am. You go. I almost did. Let me unmute you. I'm, thank you, Bill. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's all good. Um, you know, I'm looking at the same thing. A lot of what you were saying is, and also for somebody who used to share, because I, and my comment or my suggestion is also persistent. You, you could kind of know what you're going after. And so I'm thinking... Your persistence. I had. That. I think that's very true, Ellen. Yes. Yeah, because I, I had. You got yeah, to be. Here's something else I've noticed. We have uh-huh. a job club here, 
And I noticed that uh, when people call in, they'll say, oh, I applied for one thing. And I'm thinking to myself, for me, that's not very realistic. I need to apply no. for many different things in hopes that one thing will, will come to fruition. You can't just put all of your eggs in one basket because that basket could drop. And, you know, if you say, okay, well, I'm just going to apply for this one job or that one job, it's just not realistic because chances are you won't even hear from them why you weren't chosen. And that's so true, whether you have a, have a disability or not. I don't care. You know, like I said, I, I'm visually impaired too, but I'm also in a wheelchair. So I had to do, I had to literally prove to, to the people that I was um, seeking work for that I could do it, whether even, even if I'm sitting down. You know, right. so we, we do understand. And you have even more challenges ahead of you because you are visually impaired and are in a wheelchair. So you get yeah. a, you get a double dose of discrimination and people prejudging whether you can do a job and can't do a job. And that is not an easy task, Ellen. No, it's not. I'm here to testify to that. OK, we I do. I know we're, getting, we're coming up on time here, but I know we have Gail. Go ahead, Gail. Out, and, um, out yes. in Clock Rapids. Yes. Um, I worked for a place called Aria. Here in St. Cloud, I was doing, it was like tel, um, telemarketing type of thing. And I had, I was trying to use JAWS. We were trying to adapt JAWS to their software. And the guy who was helping me was great. But he said, I have to take this home, the, the your program home, so I can help, so I can adapt it, so I can work on it. And they said, absolutely not. You can't do that. And so that kind of cut me out of that job you know i was trying my best to do that but i couldn't do it without the screen reading software and they absolutely refused there was another place i worked for now these people were great it was before technology and everything but i worked as a receptionist in a small office and these people were great they put they put tape when i asked them to they put tape on the copier so that i could line the paper up and do copies for them i took the phone calls they were absolutely wonderful there was no big deal about blindness or anything it was just i was a part of that yeah, and, and you know, Gail, it, it's that. difficult. It's very difficult now when people will say this, oh, no, you can't take the, the software home. That's what I was talking about, about proprietary software. If they don't allow somebody to work on that, uh, that is what keeps us from not being able to procure jobs and get these jobs. And it's, again, it's like Jeff was saying earlier about you know, oh, you're hired for 20 years, and then, you know, they switch the software. That's when they start pulling out the severance packages. You know, oh, take an early retirement. Here, we'll give you three months' worth of pay. Well, it's a lot easier to get rid of you than it is to to uh, modify so you can stay. So you know, you there's, a, the, there's a lot of pain. Here. There's a lot of pain here, Shelly. I, I know someone out in Syracuse who worked at Pizza Hut. It was able to handle doing the phone work, able to handle taking the orders. They put a new system in, and boom, her job is gone. And I, yeah. there has to be no, more legislation. And I'm not even sure if it's legislation that's needed because lawsuits don't do any good. I mean, you can sit there and, and, and sue till the cows come home, and the only one that wins are the lawyers. There has and to let be me, more. Let me just say about that litigation. Let me just say, see, I, litigation has its place when there's maybe – five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people that are getting high, you know, that are applying for these jobs and they're not getting the jobs, okay? 
But I think, unfortunately, we've gotten to be a too litigious, happy society. And everybody's going to sue, sue, sue when sometimes there isn't. Sometimes there really isn't um, a, a reason to sue. You just can't always, that's not always the, that's not always the solution is to to sue people. You can't be doing that because that even more uh, alienates us from them. Oh my God, Joe Smith, he was a blind guy. He sued us. Oh my God, maybe we should should just stay away from it and not hire people. Oh no, now they sued us for discrimination. We can't stay away from that. So places are kind of damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. And if you're a radio announcer, and I'm going to let Bill get, take this over, but if you're a radio announcer, I was. And one of the reasons they, they told me they wouldn't hire me had nothing to do with my blindness. They kept saying it is an excuse because they didn't want to hire me because I'm blind. Is well, you're unsuitable for the format. And you cannot. I don't care what anyone says. There is no court in the country that's going to fight that. Your program director says, I'm, I'm sorry, but he's not suitable. He's not the sound that I'm looking for. And you really can't fight that kind of, that kind of refusal. Sorry, but no. that, that's the way it is. It's true. Very, very true. Um, we're, do we have any more questions in the queue um, before we, we change topics here in just a moment? I guess we don't. Shelly, one thing I do want to extend you an invitation to be on the Coffee Club panel anytime you want to as a panelist. You're so very, very interesting in oh, conversing you. on a wide range of subjects. So, you and you know. don't even have to cook me dinner, Shelly. <laughs> wow, I don't have to cook you dinner. Wow, I always get around with Chris about that. Dinner. I enjoy cooking, but okay, I'm glad to know that I, I got out of that now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. giving you a hard time, <laughs> Shelly. I'm just kidding with you, Shelly. Anyway, you're, yeah, you're welcome to come any any time. A, we want to keep up to date on your job search. B because you're an interesting conversationalist and you can talk on a wide variety of subjects and you're going to like the next two things we're going to be talking about in just a a few moments here. So, you know, you're just welcome anytime. You don't have to have an invitation. You're going to be put right on the panel if you want to be. Oh, well, thank you. um, The other thing is, have you considered or... I mean, do you live there in Pittsburgh? Would you relocate to, I don't know, let's say Bloomington, Indiana, if they had a nice paying job for you? Or do you prefer to stay in Pittsburgh? Um, Because I know when I got the job in Social Security, I had to move to Cleveland, Ohio, just in order to get the job. I I think when I was younger, I would have relocated, but now... I would say no because we just bought, you know, we just finished paying our house off and I'm just getting used to Pittsburgh. I I'll be here 5 years come January, but I I feel like I'm still just getting my feet wet and learning more about this. So no, I would I would not right. relocate. You know, that's one of the things that I had to do because I remember going from a very very small town to have to transfer to a, a much bigger town and we had no choice in the matter. They said you either take it or you don't get the job. Of course, right. you got to remember at that time I had just gotten married. This is, oh my God, many, many, many years ago now. And, you know, your circumstances were totally, totally different. You know, so, but that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you was are you 
mobile to go across the country or would you prefer, you know, to be right there in Pittsburgh? And you will get a job. It's just a matter of when. It's not. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty job. confident in the fact that I'll get a job. But it, like you said, it is. It's just a matter of when. And there's actually a couple of things that are in the fire. And, and I don't know which one's going to pop first. <laughs> it so took me 18 we'll see what months. happens. But thanks for having me and thanks for listening to my insights. You know, Shelly, what they say about getting a job is when you least expect it. That happened to me. I didn't expect to get a job as a computer programmer trainee. And I had a counselor who really liked me and put my name in on the list of blind applicants who the state would consider. Never expect to get the job because my degree was in communications. And I got the job. So I bet when you, I bet a job will come your way when you least expect it. That could be true. Could be. Well, it will be true. You will get the job. It took me 18 months. So it's, it's, it's a process. So good luck. Thanks for coming on. You can stick around if you want to hear about this new radio or um, talk about the new Apple products or whatever, but you're welcome to go or stay. It's at your choice. So thank you again. Okay, Jeff. Um, where do you want to start? Well, <laughs> where do we start? <laughs> do you, Dave and Chris, this is your kind of your hour. Do you want us to do the radio review first? Um, um, it might might be a good idea, and that way we, if I'll tell you what, if you want to, we can do the radio review, and then I can do the recipe quick, and then, then we'll do the apple ever how long people want to talk about Apple, they can do that. I don't think there's much to talk about on the Apple, so I don't oh, think well. No, but that still sounds like, that's not a bad idea, Bill. Why don't we right. do that, and then we can we do the do Apple after right that. Now. That so sounds like a good idea, actually. Lean back and enjoy. Let me give a caveat to this interview, or this demo. Doug did this. The, the interview is spot on. It's right, correct, but the price has dropped. So when you're the price in here, don't pay attention because the price has dropped by from 139 down to $74 I saw on Monday. Of course, that could When I again. send out the email bill, I am going to put in there the price keeps changing. Just check on it yourself. Because it Cause was from 139 down to 74 So without further ado, here is DJ Doug. This is Doug Hunsinger in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and today I'm reviewing the Sanjian PR-D17. This is an AM-FM portable radio, five presets AM, five presets FM, clock, sleep timer, and alarm. This radio is especially designed for the visually impaired with an easy-to-read display and voice prompts when you press each button. At the time of this recording, Amazon's price for this radio is the list price, $130. $99.95. Universal Radio sells it for $119.95 plus shipping. And I did see it someplace else that I don't remember the website for around $106. The radio measures 5.4 inches tall, 10.6 inches wide, and it's 2.8 inches thick. It runs on 6C batteries not supplied, and it also comes with an AC adapter, which seems to be pretty quiet when the radio is placed 
away from the power source. In this review, I will describe the radio, let you hear its menu and functions, and then we'll test the AM and FM of the radio and provide comments on its performance. I have the radio lying on its back so that the buttons are closest to me and the display furthest away. On the left-hand side of the radio is the AC jack. Above that is the headphone jack. It's a one-eighth inch stereo jack. And above that is a line-in jack. With line-in, you can use a patch cord to connect your radio to a small MP3 player or other device and listen through the stereo speakers of the radio. Above your jacks is the stereo mono switch. When the switch is pointed down, switch FM to mono. When it's up, switch FM to stereo. The two speakers are to the left and right of the display, but below it. Also between the speakers are your buttons. On the top row, from left to right, your buttons are as follows. The first button is your band select and auxiliary in. The second is menu. The third is alarm. The fourth button is sleep timer. And the fifth button is auto set for the clock for radio stations that support it. Or if you just press the button, the display is shown and the time is announced. This radio supports RDS radio data service where song title, radio station name, and other data may be displayed on the screen, but the voice does not read this display item. The bottom five buttons are memory presets one through five, one to the left, five all the way to the right. There are braille dots on these buttons, and it looks like A through E. There are five presets AM and five presets FM. On the right of the radio, to the right-hand side, the bottom knob is volume, and the knob above that is tuning. The tuning knob can be pressed in, and that pressing in of the tuning knob serves a few functions. One, it lets you scan up or down, depending on which way you last tuned, while the radio is powered on. This works for both AM and FM. Second, whether the radio is powered on or off, a long press of the tuning knob allows you to set the clock manually. When you're in the menus, you tune up and down to select or hear your selections, and then you press the tuning knob in to confirm your selection. And I'll show you that in just a little bit. Okay, and then we'll turn on the radio by pressing the power button. Power on, FM band, 100% battery level. FM 87.5. FM 87.6. FM 87.7. Okay, and if you go up, 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 up. FM 89.3. Okay, we're on 89.3 now. And what I'm going to do is just show you how easy it is to set an alarm. So, oh, before I do that, let's set the clock. I'm on 89.3. What I'm going to do is hold the time and display button in for about three seconds, and it will set it the clock according to this radio station. So let's do that right now. Start to synchronize the clock time using RDs with CT signals. Successfully synchronize the clock time. It is 2.46 p.m. I cut out some of the time for syncing. It takes most stations about a minute to synchronize the clock. Now that the clock is set, let's set an alarm. It is 2.46 p.m. Right, let's set it for 2.48. battery level. Okay, thank you. All right. Set the alarm up. All right, I'm going to turn it to on. On. And I'm going to press confirm. Set the alarm hour. 6 a.m. 12 p.m. 3 p.m. 2 p.m. Set the alarm minute. 0 
zero four zero. And I'm gonna have to go way up here. 21, 30, 30, 42, 48, 51, 48, 48. Alarm on. 2, 48 p.m. The alarm option saved. Let's check the time. It is 2, 47 p.m. All right, now listen what happens when the alarm comes on at 2:48. The audio you're hearing now is coming from the headphone jack. I'm not going to unplug the headphones, but let's see what happens. Power on, alarm radio, 100% battery level, FM 89.3. Now it's coming, the audio itself is coming through both the radio and through the headphone jack. So you're hearing it in stereo through the headphone jack, plus it's coming through the radio speaker. Now, when I turn off the alarm by pressing the power button, power off 100% battery level, it goes back to my headphone jack. Of course, when a headphone jack's not plugged in, nothing will change. It'll just come on as it should. All right, if I don't want this alarm to go off, all I do is press the alarm button. Set the alarm on. All right, let's turn it off. Off. And press the uh, button in, the, the knob. Alarm off. Okay. The alarm option saved. Setting a sleep timer is just as easy. You select the sleep timer option. You then tune your radio up and down to find the number of desired minutes you want and press the tuning knob in to confirm your selection. Let's quickly go through the menu settings. Again, the menu is on the top row of buttons. It's the second button from the left, and I'm going to press that. Set the voice language. English. All right, and I'll use my tuning knob. Spanish. I'll go back to English. English. And save. Set the voice volume for. All right, I'm not going to change the voice volume. Set the time format. 12 hour. All right, it's 12 hours, or it could be. 24 hour. 24 hour. And then I'll tune back down to make it 12. 12 hour. Set the AM tuning step. 10 kHz. I still want 10 kilohertz. I'll leave that alone. Software version P01. All right, and let's tune down. Voice version 510. All right, and that's what it says uh, on the software and voice version. Press menu option saved. If you select Spanish as your language, then the radio will speak all prompts, the clock, and everything in Spanish as it should. Set the voice language. English. Spanish. Establecer el volumen de la voz. Cuatro. Establecer el formato de tiempo. Doce horas. Establecer el paso a M tuning. Uno cero kHz. Versión del software. P. Cero uno. Versión de voz. V. Diez. Opciones de menú guardadas. Son las tres. Cero ocho. De la tarde. Nivel de batería cien por ciento. The Sanjian PR-D17 is very easy to set up and use by someone who's blind. Now on to performance. The Sanjian PR-D17 is a DSP or digital signal processor radio. What I've noticed about DSP radios is that when you're near strong stations, stations around the strong ones tend to be muted just a bit. On AM, the volume is much lower, and on FM, sometimes the signal can disappear. With my radio, the AM muting appears to be a bit worse than either the CC Radio 2E from C-Crane or the Sanjian PR-D4W. 
FM, on the other hand, is a bit different. I find that by varying the length of the radio's antenna, I get quite good results. And this radio's FM is, I would say, quite good. From my location, it picks up no unwanted signals from other stations. I think I'd love to see this radio's FM out in the country. Before you decide whether or not to buy this radio, I would suggest that you not base your findings on my review alone. It would do you good to check out Peter Atkinson's review of the Sangian PR-D17, and you can find it on swling.com. It sounds as though he doesn't have the same muting issues on AM that I do because of a strong station. Let's compare AM and FM performance with the PR-D17 and Sangian's PR-D4W. The PR-D4W is not quite as good as the C-Crane CC Radio 2E, but it's pretty close. So here's AM700 WLW first on the PR-D4W. And now for the PR-D17. Listening through a speaker, the PR-D4W volume was considerably louder, although both stations picked up AM 700. And they both will pick up AM 1230 as well. But on the PR-D-PR-D17, you have to turn the radio full blast to even hear it some. But here it is first on the PR-D4W. Now here's the 17. Couple of minutes. Uh, let, let's just stop for a second. The, the biggest thing we started with is the irony of the left coming out for years and years and years. You can't trust the government. Let's move up to AM 1600 from Wheeling, West Virginia. First on the PR D4W. And here it is from the PR-D17. This signal is just a bit weaker than AM1230 on an analog portable, but the D17 almost lost it in the mud with the muting this AM radio has. Let's go to FM testing. Now, with this recorder that I'm using to make the samples, when you use a patch cord, a bit of noise is introduced into the FM signal. So I use the recorder's microphone instead to make these recordings. Let's hear FM 90.1 from the Sanjian PR-D4W. Now for the PR-D17. Now, 
The signal was just a bit better from the PR-D17. Let's go to 105.1, a translator from Waynesburg, Pennsylvania. I had to null a signal on 105.1 from Salem, Ohio to get it. First on the PR-D4W. Here it is on the PR D17. Just what the signal was better on the PR D17. This radio is pretty much up there with the C Crane CC Radio 2E for FM. And it does uh, pretty nicely. Again, you have to play with the antenna a little bit, but you can get some good results from it. In summary, the Sanjian PR-D17 is a good performer on FM. And from another location, it may be a good performer on AM, but I can't tell it here with uh, what I've got to deal with. I'll tell you this, this radio hits it out of the park as far as accessibility for people who are blind all of the menus talk you can set sleep timers alarms you can do all those things with this radio so it is a bit pricey especially if you pay the list price of 139.95 but it performs pretty well I don't know much about the battery life on it. I can tell you this, that I've had the radio's batteries in since Friday, and I've used the radio about six hours, and it still says 100%. One final comment, the voice prompts cannot be turned off on this radio, so whenever you tune, you hear frequency readout. To me, that's a distraction. To others, it may be a plus, so it all depends on your personal preference. If you have questions about this radio, or if you have general comments about how I can improve uh, and make these interviews better for you, feel free to write me. My email is D-E-E-J-A-Y-D-O-U-G at gmail.com. And that's my review of this PR-D17 from Sanjian. This is Doug Hunsinger. Thanks for your time, and thanks for listening. Wonderful interview, um, our presentation, demo, review, whatever you want to call it. It was great. I bought one of those radios, and I've had it for about two weeks now, and I really like it. The battery life is still at 100%. Have I unmuted everybody? I think. I think so, and I went back and muted okay, non-panel so people, good. so it's, if they have any questions, they can raise their hand. I think Tim's got a hand raised. Tim? I thought I saw Tim's hand raised. There. Now I'm on you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For some reason. I, I, yeah. I didn't have anything really important. I just was <laughs> wanted to be unmuted. Unmuted? Well, we really wanted to keep you muted, Tim. But the radio, Tim, is actually a pretty good performer. It's a little deceiving on AM. It's a quiet AM. However... It does a pretty good job when it locks the station in. It's it's pretty good. It's excellent on FM. I've only got one better radio, and that is a little radio called the Spark HD2, which is better on an FM, the most selective I've ever seen on an FM of any radio I've ever seen. But this one is good.
And the 16 is good also, and it has HD, where this one does not. But this one also has the ability to set the alarms, the, the um, sleep timer, all those types of things. So it actually works pretty well. Dave Rieker's got one also. I think it's yeah. a good thing, because of it, and if we support this project that they're doing for the visually impaired... They might make more radios and more things accessible for us. Go ahead, Dave. I, I really like the radio. It does a good job. It does a good job. We have a, we have a lot of radio interference in this area, all, all kinds of things, because we're close to towers. And um, the radio works pretty well. How does it do on FM where you are? It, it, it does really well on FM. Very well. This Pam's is... got her hand raised, Bill. Go ahead, Pam. <laughs> Excuse me. Go ahead, Pam. Hi, guys. Um, I'm just curious how the radio works on AM with reference to all the electronics that one would have in the house. Well, I know I have a clock radio upstairs that gets all kinds of interference from my Alexa. I don't know that it's any different than any other radio. It's going to do what you need it to do. However, there's so many sources and the way things interfere on AM anymore... That AM radio is not enjoyable to listen to. However, once I set my presets and what I wanted, it does a very credible job as well as any other AM radio I've got here per se. I don't. Does it work well as a clock radio, Bill? Yes, it does. And I like the sleep timer on it, especially. You know, at night you want to listen to radio, hit that sleep timer, fifteen, thirty minutes, whatever. Boom, I like it. And Pam, and Pam, what you're going to like about the radio, the, pri- the price is very reasonable. It was $139, I mean, now it's 74 That's 74 yeah. so It's a big difference in price. I'm trying to figure yeah, out. I, uh, do I understand that it? Um, you can adjust the volume of the speech? Yes, you, you can. Separate, separately? Yeah. It's yeah, so easy so, to adjust the volume of the speech. So if, if it was distracting to you, you could turn, turn it all it the down. way down, I take it. Yeah, well, it'll go down to, I think, the number one. It's still audible. You, you can still hear it, but it doesn't uh, overpower the radio. Right. And, yeah. Pam, we have our sitting right by the A-Lady, and or at least it's by a dot, the latest dot. And uh, they're really we haven't noticed any problem with it. I, you know where you're going to find problems? If, if, if you're like me and I have my iPhone on my nightstand when it's charging, and sometimes those iPhones get into the uh, into your radios. Oh, and yeah, you, know, I think, and Dave, you talked about radio. that once. Remember I, on a previous all previous right. coffee club, you talked about the interference caused by iPhones and stuff like that on, on right. radios. Right. So that, that, that's where – but, Pam, I don't – you know, what, what's good about Amazon, if you don't like it, you can return it. I mean, and, and you don't have to actually have someone mail it back for you. You could bring it to a Kohl's department store and return it now. So it's not as if you have to – you know, go through all the hoops and like you used to with Amazon. I think you have to bring, still get the printing. You still have to get the. I'm not sure anymore. Do they still make you print out the label before you return it, Chris? I don't know if I've, I haven't returned anything from Amazon in a long time, but I, I think you have to print out a label with a barcode on it. With a barcode on it. But once you have that with you, they'll package it up and they'll actually do the return for you at Kohl's. So, so I mean, it, it's a good, 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 good radio. One of the the best that's come along in a while. I. You know, I love my 16, the one with the HD radio part on it. But outside of that, I mean, it's just a good radio. And I use it every day. 
So, you know, it fills a void. There are just sometimes you just want to live. I love the lady. I love all the things I can do. But sometimes I just like to listen to the radio. And that radio does, you know, a credible, decent job. It's very selective on... I'm a radio listener at night when I go to sleep. That's my... I'm a sports junkie. I want to do a comparison of the HD Spark 2 and this radio, just to show you the difference. The only disadvantage to that, I'm not even sure, and Tim might know, I don't think they're even selling the HD2 Spark anymore. I'm going to have to go to Amazon and look. Are they selling? I, I just checked a few days ago and it wasn't there. So I, I checked a few weeks last week and they, the Spark radios are no longer being made. Oh, wow. That's a shame because that that was a good little radio. Now, this does take six, of course, he mentioned that in the review, six C batteries, and it's, uh, you know, C batteries are kind of the odd battery, but you can find them, and I, I'm not disappointed I got it. I wish I had got it at 74 versus what <laughs> I paid for it. Yeah. Well, there, there's a guy in the blind hams list who bought the radio and it, and it went down in price. And Amazon make him, they, they actually made him send the radio back so they could send him a new radio at the lower price. Where I would have thought it would have been nicer if they, if they gave him a credit for that for the difference, but they didn't want to do it that way. If it makes you feel any better, I just checked on it, and I don't know. You may check on it and get a seventy-four price, but right at two minutes ago, it was seventy-seven. Oh, they, if you if you go to Amazon, you, have you been, have you noticed this, Chris? Sometimes every time you go, sometimes the price is a little different. Yeah. Also, if the if, and someone was bitching on the blind hams list for ham radio operators, well, if the, if Amazon says there's only six in stock, does that mean there's only six in stock? Yes, that's what it means. That they have that kind of inventory control, they know how many are out there in their in their inventory. So, I mean. And the radio will not charge your batteries. So there, it does not have the capacity to charge batteries. It's not that kind of a radio. That was the other thing people on the blind hand list were complaining about, that the radio doesn't charge batteries. It wasn't made for that. In fact, you see very few portable radios that do have, I mean, there are out there, of course, but there are not that many that have the rechargeable batteries. So One problem with the Spark that I think this one does not have is the spark is not very well coupled to its FM antenna. Can you elaborate on that, Tim? Well, the antenna really does not do very much as far as making a difference when you pull it up or push it down. Um, And actually, the spark works better if you use headphones, the cord, as an antenna. Oh, does it? it the yeah. thing too, That's not uncommon. I've heard of that before, you know, really. So. They yeah. stepped their game up as far as the antenna is concerned on this 17 also because it's, I've got the 16 also, and the antenna is not, it's much more flimsy on the 16. The 17 is much, much better, or at least my particular one is. So, it's, you know, down these prices, it's a very reasonably priced radio for what you get. You know, AM, FM, and that's strictly what it is, AM, FM. So, I would say be happy that, that Sanjeev is selling it at, at, a, at a very reasonable price. I mean, if it, was, if it was being sold by an agency for the blind, it would be sold at $200. 
that the truth? Do we have Bill with the raised hand? Yes, we do. Hold on a second. I mean, go ahead, Bill. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm listening to you guys talk about this radio. Uh, I've got radios. The newest radio I have is 30 years old, and it's a digital, you know, it's a cassette CD digital radio, and I've got about three or four old analog radios. And, I mean, I get real good reception here where I'm at. I get so many FM stations I can't listen to all of them. My AM dial, I can get anything I want. I pull stations in out of Wheeling, West Virginia, and everywhere else on the AM dials and all that stuff, and down in Texas and Atlanta, Georgia. And as far as interference on AM, I get no interference with any of my stuff here, even the microwave or the, the Lady A or anything. I get no interference whatsoever with anything running. Are you in the middle of the city of Chicago, or are you more out in the other suburbs? No, I'm out in the south side. I'm still in the city, you might as well say. I have right, no but, trouble. But you're not in, like, in downtown Chicago, right? I mean, you're not... You're, you're No, well, no, if you're, if you're downtown Chicago, you might one of those big buildings, you're going to have a little more problem, because I know even, like, when... Uh, you drive around downtown with a car radio on, and you'll drive by, and you get good reception. All of a sudden, you get by some building, and it just cancels your AM, even though it cancels your FM station out because there's some kind of electrical equipment running or something going on. Because even if you get around Northwestern Hospital, you're lucky your radio even works up there with all the electronic equipment running in that big complex, you know. But otherwise, out here now, now I can go to my sister's house which is down in Indiana, a little town called Ossian, Indiana. And I take a little AM radio with me that uh, I use here sometimes on the outside. And I get good re- good reception on the AM. It doesn't have FM, just AM only. And I'll take it with me sometimes because I like to listen to radio late at night sometimes. And I, I get very little reception down there. I mean, stations that I get here in Chicago, I can't even find them down there on the AM dial. Like out of Atlanta and places like that, I can get him here. To, I get to her house, and I can't find him whatsoever. Now, if it's just the location of her house, but she's out in the middle of nowhere, a little little tiny town. So there's no, you know, no big buildings or anything to interfere with her. But a lot of it ain't depends on location, where you are, where you get, you know. But I know that you know, I listened to the demonstration. I had another phone call come in. I had the radio, the computer. I was listening at the same time. And uh, was a Doug demonstrating that radio, and Bill was talking about the radio ball one. To me, it's okay. It'll pull in distant stations like he was doing, but I wouldn't want to listen to one of those stations with all that static and noise in the background. You could barely hear it, even on the AM and the FM side. Right, but I mean, you me, got to remember, Doug is a radio enthusiast, and oh, I know, I know, I know you. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't want to. No, I wouldn't want to sit and listen to radio with all that static background right. in the background where you just barely hear right. the station. It's like. Okay, I'll put my ear next to the speaker and I can hear it, you know. <laughs> and if you listen to his review, he also he also did point out some of its faults. And oh, yeah, right, very, I know. He did, he did, right. He was right. very, very fair-minded when he did the review. I, re- I totally mm-hmm. believe that he did a very good review of that radio. Oh, I think he did, too. And, and I think that, that, you know, if you want to set your alarms or that kind of stuff, you know, but that's... Well, that's the thing that, good. yeah, but the thing you got to understand is if you live out in a rural area where you don't have a lot of reception... You may have to listen to a radio station that way. I mean, you know, because where I grew up, up, um, it was definitely a rural area. And if you didn't have a a radio that could pick up, you know, really uh, long distance stations, you didn't get you didn't get much of anything. 
Oh, I can. Well, yeah, you're right. But I lived in a rural area all my life in Indiana on the farm. And back, I can remember back in the late 40s and early 50s, uh, my folks were, well, really, um, really religious. And we couldn't listen to a lot of shows. And we'd do them on the sly because we couldn't listen to, like, The Shadow and stuff like that. But we listened to them when they weren't around or we'd get them. But there used to be a group of people come to our house because I'm talking about now back in the late 40s and early 50s. And my dad had an old Montgomery Ward radio, AM analog only. And they used to come over there and sit around the dining room table. I can remember this. And they listened to, used to listen to the religious broadcast from Del Rio, Texas. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> you know. Probably... And that station come in good, you know, because it, it had a 500,000 watt transmitter at that time, you know. So. Yes, I, and I, and, I, it, and you can buy those prayer cloths and stuff from Curtis Springer and stuff like that. <laughs> but, but, yeah, right, right. So right. all that stuff you want to listen to, right? I think the overall point... And that, ra- that radio used to, sometimes late at night, I'd get onto it, and we'd sit there, my brother and I, we'd sit there and go across the dial. We'd get stations from all over the place out there, you know. You know... So. Uh, I know I'm, I'm not trying to cut you off, but I know Bill wanted to talk about Apple, and I think we should talk about that at some well, point. Well, so. We will do that in just a second. But I will say the point that I think we're trying to make here and the overall point is this radio gives you access to things that you've never had access to on a portable radio before. And that's that's probably the, the very most important thing. Um, and if you don't want to do those things, that's fine. Stick with your 30-year-old radios, and that's cool. But if if that's something that interests you, that's something that you want to do, and you want to know those things, then this radio was probably a good radio for you. But anyway, it's just done for information. Um, let's see here. We've got... Do we want to do the recipe because... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, That way we can just spend the rest of the time on whatever. We need to do a spot real quick. Will you do a spot first? Yeah, and then we'll come back in and do it, okay? And you can do your recipes, and we'll come back and talk about the, the Big Apple event. Well, we are back ready for that recipe, Chris. Okay, this is a fall recipe. It is for apple crisp, and I. it is a Betty Crocker recipe for full disclaimer, and it is a slow cooker recipe. It takes six cups of apples peeled or unpeeled and sliced in one-half-inch slices, or what I do with mine a lot of times is just chunk them up. One-half cup of granulated sugar or less if you want to. One-half teaspoon ground cinnamon. And then the topping is one cup of original Bisquick mix, the baking mix, one half cup of quick cooking oats, one half cup of packed brown sugar, one third cup of granulated sugar. Now that's optional. One fourth cup, I mean, one fourth teaspoon of ground nutmeg. That's optional. And you certainly wouldn't want a fourth cup. One fourth teaspoon of salt, one fourth teaspoon of ground cinnamon. One half cup of cold butter cut into small pieces. What you're going to do is you're going to place your apples in the bowl and pour the cinnamon sugar over the top of them. 
And I would go ahead and put my nutmeg in there, too, if you're going to use nutmeg. Then you're going to spray a four to five quart slow cooker with cooking spray. And you're going to put your apples in the cooker. And then you are going to mix all your topping ingredients except the butter in another bowl and stir until it's well combined. Place butter pieces on top of your topping and cut it in with a knife or a pastry blender or a fork. Cut the butter into your topping until it's crumbly. Sprinkle that over the apple mixture. Cover. Set your slow cooker to high and slow cook it for three hours. And that's apple crisp in the slow cooker. Oh, oh sounds that good. sounds so good. Um, Jeff will be raw all over that. Yeah, I like apple crisp. And they, they used to serve it at the boarding school I went to, and the, the lady was up, really made good apple crisp. But some of these restaurants make it very good, and they put ice cream on top of it, too, sometimes. If you go to yeah, it does say yeah. that's optional, yeah. You can put if ice you cream go to the website at legendoldies.com, you can sign up to join the coffee club mailing list and you can get those recipes by email if you want to so just a reminder doesn't cost anything it's a very low volume maybe once a week mailing list so we're not talking great stuff but you can do that let's see is it time for us to talk about apple unless well it's we only have about 16 minutes to go and i don't think it's such a bad idea there wasn't that much to talk about, really, but... No, there wasn't. All right, go ahead, Pam, before we get go, started. Go ahead, Pam. Yeah, before you get into the Apple thing, I wanted to let everyone know I'm going to start the the show with a Judy Collins tribute to 9-11. Okay. Oh, very good, Pam. Very good. Very, very, very good. Thanks, Pam. Um, okay, Jeff. Take away. Well, where do we where do we start? <laughs> well, where did they start oh, with a new iPad? It's starting at what three hundred and twenty nine dollars. But what they didn't tell you was <clears throat> that doesn't cover your keyboard if you want that, or the stylus, or or the pencil, or whatever it is. That, but it is what a ten point two inch. IP. It has a 10.2-inch screen, and it has the all-new A-Bionic 13 chip, which, which means that the iPhone is going to be very, well, they're saying it's going to be lightning fast. Um, and they talked about where you can buy this keyboard cover for it from them, but I believe there are out-of-market companies where you can buy the same thing as well. So uh, just letting you know that. Now, so. is that your phone, Jeff? Yeah, that's my phone. Go ahead, Bill. Okay. Um, what was the second thing was the there's a new Apple Watch an Apple Watch 5 Dave R you might be interested in I don't know that it's significantly different with um, Apple OS 6 I'm not a Apple Watch connoisseur but that was one of them the next is, what is it called, an iPhone 11. And the iPhone 11 Pro. Right. Now, the same speed chip you talked about, I don't know. Do both of them have a dual camera on them? Don't uh, they? 
I believe the, they both have dual cameras. Actually, the, the iPhone 11 Pro, I think, has a third camera, has a third enhanced camera. That uh, the, the big thing with both iPhone 11 and 11 Plus Pro, I should say, is that they their big selling point for these two phones is cameras and video. They really covered those two areas. The other thing that the both phones cover are this new Apple subscription service. They have two of them. But the one that works with the phone is Apple Arcade. So when you get your phone and they operate the operating system, there's going to be a new tab for Arcade. And you can play all these video games that are going to be made for the phone. And you'll pay a subscription price of $4.99 a month for that. However, if you buy a new Apple 11 from the Apple Store or from Apple Online, you can get the subscription service for Apple TV Plus and the arcade service, I believe, for a year for free. But they're, the, they're both $4.99 uh, subscription services. I don't know services. about the arcade service, Jeff, but I do know the Apple, Apple TV is free for a year. Correct. And if they're trying to, it, would that compete with Netflix? And that will not go into effect until November 1st, the Apple TV Plus. It will not go in. I, don't, I didn't notice him announcing a new Apple television. Um, yesterday. They, they didn't mention anything about Apple TV. The other thing is that both phones do not cover 5G. They only cover 4G LTE. Even though they said they were fast cell phones, they did not mention 4, 5G, which means that they don't cover 4G LTE. And the other thing is uh, they didn't talk about anything new with their with their computers as well. Uh, just the iPad, the iPhone, and the, just the iPad and the iPhones and the Apple Watch. And for people who are using the iPhone 10, supposedly the new iPhone 11 has better face recognition than what the iPhone um, 10 does. However, and has better battery life as well. Yeah, the, especially on the Pro, up to, what, five hours more of battery life on the Pro. And someone might say maybe they ought to have been improving the battery life all along. But they... That is that is one thing, and they're reasonably priced. But I, um, what did I see? A new iPhone eight you can buy for what four forty nine or relatively? Yep, that's right. That's right. Relatively inexpensive. Those phones have really come down in price. Um, and, and even the iPhone, even the iPhone elevens. I, I would have thought they they might have a price of low, they seem to be lower than I thought they would be. Uh, one is like nine ninety nine and one is one thousand ninety nine. Is that what I understand? Or one, I yeah, one. No, the the one that's not the Pro is six ninety nine. Six ninety nine. Oh, yeah. And the, they have the Pro and the is it the Pro Plus? Is no, just the Pro. Just the Pro. It's called the iPhone 11 and the iPhone 11 Pro. That's the, that's no. how they care. I'll be right no, back. because there was one that was 999 and one that was 1099 Tim is right. There were three prices. Yeah, there were three prices. And then 699 for the the other one. And we do have somebody with a raised hand. Can you see who that is, Chris? Oh, okay, it's Bill. Yeah, we're checking. Okay, I got him. Go ahead. Yeah, Bill. Bill. Yeah. Uh, you just mentioned the iPhone 8 a minute ago. I just got a new iPhone 8 a week ago. Well, yeah, it's just been a week ago. And I got it for 249 where I went. 
Oh, did you? I traded. I traded another one in. They gave me a hundred bucks off for the one I traded in. I traded in a six plus on an eight, and I got a hundred dollars off for it. Oh, and you got wow. the eight, just yeah. the eight, not the eight plus, right? right? No, I just got the eight because the eight plus. When only the eight plus is just a bigger screen. Yeah. The other thing I that they talked about need, was I don't uh, need the screen. So, oh, also real quick, this is not Apple, but if any of you people have Direct TV, you know they're getting ready to cut ABC off, don't you? They, they, just, they, they, just, they just signed a contract to get it, keep AC, ABC on, DirecTV. Oh, well, I, they advertised it all day yesterday on ABC. If you have Disney Channel, ESPN, Monday Night Football, ABC, blah, blah, and DirecTV, call your DirecTV supplier because we're go- you're going to lose it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I did re- and that's, you'll see that in the radio news on Thursday, Bill. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was all, it was all, day, to, it was all day yesterday on the, on the TV when I was watching ABC. Not so, so good. I've got Uverse. I don't know if it'll affect me or not, but I mean, I got. Well, Uverse is AT and T. So uh, the other, yeah. there's another rumor going around. Although they they took it down on the cord cutters uh, blog that I've subscribed to, but they they did take it down. However, I do believe that Uverse might be going away as well. No, I figured it would because CBS went off when it went off. It went off Uverse. Yeah, but it's back on now, right? But I just thought I'd get that in if anybody had Directv. You're gonna, especially if you like your Monday Night Football, you're gonna lose it unless they get it signed. Yes. I have a phone call, Bill, so I'm going to be leaving okay. you guys, but I just want to thank all of you for having me on the coffee club. All right, Jeff. We'll take it from here. Um, anyone else have any comments on the new offerings on the iPhone? I am not compelled or I can't see any real reason to upgrade my phone. They tell me that probably it's best to wait till 2020 if you want to iPhone that might support the 5G and also have um, the fingerprint and the face recognition. So the fingerprint's the thing that I miss. I can go without the home key, but I do miss the fingerprint because I always thought that was easier. Anybody have any comments? Yeah, I think I'll hang on to my iPhone 8. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to hang on mine a while because I can't see spending that much money. And it, and I'm not going to get on the phone and play games anyways. Didn't and you I, say, I, Bill, that they're going to have a smaller phone, you thought, too? Yes, that's supposedly. Now, that's a just rumor. a rumor that they will make another comparable small phone, you know, that will will work. Like, you know, like, like the SE. Like the SE. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, it's kind of weird that the 8 really isn't that much bigger. Their regular 8 is not much right. bigger than the SE. Not no, no, no. It isn't. But the, one of the things we'll be talking about over the next week is there's, and I haven't seen it yet, but I'm told by a lot of people that iOS what is it, iOS 11? Thir- no, 13, I'm sorry, 13. What am I thinking? I'm thinking of phone 11. iOS 13 is going to be a little bit different than what we're used to. So it's not that I don't urge you not to switch or anything like that, but it's going to be different, like, for example, what is you know, how you go look for updates now, it's not going to be there. It's going to be in a different place. And it really will be moving some moving some things around. I'm really looking forward to the feature where you can just press a button and say, play WMVP or play whatever radio station you want to listen to. 
yeah. and you can do that. And I'm really looking forward to got some new speakers coming out. One of them is by Sonos called the Move. It's a portable speaker, but you can use um, you can use Google the Google Assistant or Lady A and talk to the speaker and listen to your radio or music services. So the the way we're listening to radio and interacting is really, really changing, and Bose also is coming out with one. Now, these things are cheap. I think, what, $349 and $399 for these uh, real top-of-the-line speakers. But that's something um, I think you can look forward to. But over the next week when this comes out, um, iOS 13 is going to be different. And each of these systems now will have their own, like the phone will have its own operating system, the iPad, and the watch. So there are going to definitely be some changes. So just be patient, and we'll all kind of learn this thing together. Do we have any, but let's see what time it is, guys. 56. You're going to get your new Walkman, Bill? No. Okay. Yeah, get me a Walkman. Um, they don't play cassettes anymore, but it works similar on an iPhone. It just you can listen to music and everything on it. Right. It's just yeah, you know, it's three hundred and some dollars for the thing. Yeah, remember okay. Pam's coming up for Tim in just a few minutes. But yeah, I, I, I don't see any compelling reason, and I think this year, unless for the cameras or whatever, and even if these cameras are super, I don't think they are going to do anything. Maybe for IRA or scanning programs, I don't know. You know, so I, I need to do more research on how the new iPhone 11s would help us. But so far, I'm not really coming up with anything that that I don't have to switch. You know, my iPhone 10, is it XR, works just fine for me. And it does a pretty good job. There was a little learning curve with it because of no home button and that kind of stuff. I'm not. Uh, that took a few days to get used to, but once I got used to it, it was fine. One other thing before we go, um, and we'll be coming up in a few weeks. We're not going to pinpoint the exact week yet, but Chris and Dave got a new June oven. And not only did they get it hooked up by themselves with the assistance of Ira, but they're now actually using this oven. And folks, they've broken new ground and will be pushing the folks over at June Oven to even make their app even more accessible in ways and things that they've done have just been outstanding. Um, it's, a, it's a very nice looking oven. I it's mean, well built, very well built. So, if you like, so stay tuned in the next week or two. If you like cooking on the edge or doing something <coughs> totally different and think about the way you do things, um, this is one of those aha moments in, as far as cooking and products and things are concerned that that are really. And they've really done a good job with this particular oven. 
Hey, Dave and Chris, when are you going to get rid of your range? Oh, we're not going to get rid of the range. No, we won't do that. <laughs> I just had to kid you because all the, all the stuff you buy, the new oven and the slow cooker and all that stuff for you, and I was curious. I just right. I have found nothing yet that will will boil water. Well, I guess it would boil water, but you know what I mean. It, I guess it's, what do they cut? It's just another big tool in the toolbox. And it allows Something them, to make things a little bit easier. What do they call it? Seven in one cooking? Again, uh, you know, all those promos. And, you, you, and the nice thing is you can control it from anywhere once you right. have it set up. Or see what it's doing. That's yeah. what I like. You can you can see what it's doing. Right. It no, that would never work if my wife was still living. Yeah. She never believed in going out and leaving the ovens going or anything going. No, no. She had she, to be here to do that stuff. Well, what, no matter. I don't care if it was a Wi-Fi oven now or not. She would have right. never. She would never cook anything and leave the house. No, she wouldn't even leave the clothes dryer going. Right. And leave the house. Right. I don't think they're talking about leaving the scene. They're just wanting to be aware of what's going on on the screen. How much longer? Oh, I know. I know. But you know, right. if you can do it anywhere, that means some people would do it from outside. Right. You know, some people would. But I mean, that's one thing. It. She never, she never did do. She wouldn't, she wouldn't even leave the house and go out on the front porch while the oven was going. All right, well, it's just about time for us to wrap up. We want to thank Shelly for coming on. We've really enjoyed that. It was a very yeah, she did a good interview. And remember, you can go to Legendoles and get download the podcast or subscribe to the podcast by Worldwide Space Legend. And get all our podcasts, Coffee Club, All Things Radio, and Sports Lounge Live. Remember, Pam's got a 9-11 tribute. We'll be doing that on All Things Radio tomorrow night. So have a great day, everyone. And I will get this posted. And thanks, everyone. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.